This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back. He's an FCC commissioner. It's Brendan Carr. Brendan, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing great. So good to see you again. It's it's a really always a pleasure to have you on. You're such a smart dude. You keep us on the straight and narrow when it comes to what big government's trying to do and how you're fighting against it, and also what big China's trying to do and you're fighting against that, too. Maybe we'll have time for that today, maybe not. But I'm getting inundated with emails from people who listen to my show or watch my, my short videos all over the place. Why is anybody talking about how Biden's taking over the Internet? Now, Brendan, you and I are using the Internet right now, and I understand there was some sort of a strange vote yesterday. Um, has Biden taken over the Internet? What did I miss? Well, look, if you look at what the Biden administration is doing, their entire approach to the Internet, you can boil it down to one single word. It's control. And you see it all over the place. Just look at how the administration is jawboning or pressuring social media companies to censor Americans in terms of their free speech rights on the Internet. Or look at the right. vote we took at the FCC last month on Title II, which is about these utility-style rules for the Internet. Or look at our vote we took just yesterday. Uh, as you noted, we voted on a plan where President Biden called on us in the name of digital equity to impose these new additional rules on the Internet infrastructure itself. So, again, these are all not isolated pinpricks. They're all part of a plan. And the plan is to get the government to have more and more control over the Internet. And it's it's bad for individual liberty, to be sure. Is this the same thing as net neutrality or not? It's very similar, but yet it's different. So this one goes back to a the 2021 infrastructure law that passed Congress. There was a it was a thousand plus page bill. This one was tucked in a one page section, and the FCC took that one page provision of law and was off to the races for the first time ever. We are exercising jurisdiction over every single decision about the infrastructure of the internet itself. Where is it built? What is the speed? What is the quality of service? What's the price going to be charged? We've never done that before. In fact, it goes beyond what we voted on last week with Title II, which was itself a massive overreach. So this gives the federal government, the administrative state, the power to veto any private sector decision. Look, I get it. Cable companies, they're not popular. People don't like them. But the administration is using that to say, I know you don't trust your ISP. Trust me, the federal government, to make these decisions that are going to be in your best interest. And we know when when the government takes this control, A, they don't give it back, and they don't just sit on it for the long run. Maybe in the short run, but not the long run. The history of our country, by the way, Brendan Carr, FCC Commissioner, go follow him, Brendan Carr, FCC, all over the uh, the Internet, uh, while we still can, before I guess he'll be controlled. Um, the idea of equity is not an American idea, not when it comes to government control. Equity is not equality. They're using it like they're interchangeable. They're not. Equity is a forced similar outcome or the same outcome, whereas equality is we all have equal opportunity to reach for the stars and, and use the American way. So how, how are they using By what terms, and I didn't see what you guys voted on, are they using equity? They're saying if I have it in my neighborhood, then it's got to be in some neighborhood that, that has some different dynamic? Yeah, it could come up in all sorts of different circumstances. For one is, yeah, if an ISP wants to build to a new community in a suburb, the government could say, actually, 
don't build to that community in the suburb. There's this other community over here that we want you to build out first. And so all that equity, all that capital, all that connectivity could get moved over there. Also, the FCC says that low income is now a protected class, which can produce some pretty odd results. So, for instance, if they charge a uniform rate of $50 to everybody, that could be discriminatory against low income. The point is they're exercising jurisdiction and authority over all of these things. One thing that was very interesting, at the very, very last minute before we voted this across the finish line, the Biden administration itself secured an exemption for itself, meaning it. the, Bi- the Biden administration has all of these broadband initiatives that they are running, build here, don't build there, and they were worried that these very same discrimination rules that they want everyone else to live by would spin around and bite them. So they got to carve out for their own signature broadband initiatives. And that just gives the ball game away, right? It's not about discrimination or they wouldn't be reserving the right to discriminate. It's all about control and the government deciding. Uh, Brandon, I guess I'm not sure how it works. This was just voted on by the five members of the commission? Yeah, that's right. We voted on it. A final order voted this week. It was a three to two vote. Uh, I joined my other Republican colleague in dissent. And the next step from here is it's off to the courts. And the good news is there's a lot of reasons why courts should turn this decision back uh, from the FCC, whether you look at what's called the major questions doctrine, which is where the Supreme Court is increasingly skeptical of the administrative state or Chevron or due process, non-delegation. There's lots of wonky legal reasons why. I think there's a very good chance that this gets turned back either entirely or in part. Because remember, Democrats have been in charge of the entire administrative state for approaching 12 of the last 16 years. They've had carte blanche to do whatever they want. And so I think it's important that the courts hold us agencies accountable so that it is Congress that's legislating and not agencies. Well, that's where I was going with it. I mean, this should be decided in Congress and the House should start it. Um, and, and even if the Senate starts it, it's not going to get through the House, not the way that it's formed today. And the Biden administration knows that. So how much power do you guys really have? The FCC itself can tell, let's say I'm an ISP, Joe Pag's ISP starting up. You can tell me where I can and can't build. That doesn't make any sense. You're, you're five people on a commission. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is a degree of power we've never had in modern time. You have to go all the way back to the Ma Bell telephone monopoly of the height of the New Deal era to find a regulatory regime that is as, you know, uh, mother may I as this one. It reads like a, a plan drafted in a Soviet studies department of some Ivy League university somewhere. And Congress didn't pass this. In fact, members of Congress that did sign on to the 2021 Infrastructure Act wrote the FCC and said, hang on, guys. You are going places that we never, never contemplated or intended. And that's where the courts come in. There is no constraint on what we can do with the FCC other than what can you get three people to vote for. And that's why these courts and and, and judicial review is so important. It's called a rule. It's not called a law. I mean, if it were called a law, it would have to go through Congress. So it's called a rule. What if I want to break the rule? What happens? Well, we say that our entire suite of enforcement authority is being brought to bear. And it could be millions, billions or more dollars in in fines. And so, look, if Congress were to give us a narrow charge, hey, implement this law in this way, we do that. And they could have done that here. In fact, I think they did tell us to do that here. But we went well beyond that. So that's 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 the problem. And again, if you step back, it's not an isolated pinprick. I mean, just every single thing that's going on right now is about getting more and more government control. That's the through line that connects all of these seemingly disparate policies that the administration is pushing right now. As a commission of the government, by the way, is the FCC in the executive branch? It's called an independent agency, so there's some agencies like the Commerce Department that okay. is inside the executive branch, meaning the president has carte blanche to direct them what to do. We're independent, meaning that the president isn't supposed to give us our marching orders that we follow, except the president but he does. did give the agency its marching orders in this case. 
So with that in mind, doesn't Congress have the right to oversee and have oversight on you and the commission? Yeah, for sure. In fact, there's going to be an oversight hearing that the House of Representatives is pulling us up in front of, thankfully, at the end of this month. I'm looking forward to that. Congress can pass new laws. There's things called the Congressional Review Act where they can uh, reverse things that we do. Again, I think there's, you know, reasonable areas where the FCC can act on its own. But again, this is where we just sort of blew the doors off of it um, and went well beyond the language in the statute that we were supposed to administer. It is uh, Brendan Carr, FCC Commissioner. Go follow him, uh, Brendan Carr, FCC, over on X and everywhere else. I don't want to get rid of the FCC. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. <laughs> but but uh, the House right now is like reducing people's salaries to a dollar. Could the House defund your ability to even exist until this sort of um, over, uh, run amok power and control goes away or not? Yeah, absolutely. They could either uh, attempt to defund the agency entirely or they could uh, put a specific provision that removes funding for us to implement this particular initiative. Uh, those right. are all the different options that are out there. So with this, now, I don't know if this was before we started the interview or as we started the interview, you said that they put it off for six months. Why? Yeah, so the SEC voted on this and at the last minute sort of extended the grace period to put this into effect for six months. Not entirely clear why to me. I mean, there was a lot of pushback that we were getting. Um, and so this will sort of delay the immediate shock, if any, that this decision would have once it does become effective. So it's sort of a minor win that it's kicked off for six months. But hopefully that will maybe give some time as well for the courts to step in before it does, in fact, become effective. So I think that was sort of a small win along the way as they, they sort of kicked it out a little bit. Do you and the other Republican on the on the actual commission have to bring it to court, or does somebody else uh, have to say we're an agreed party and we want the courts to look at this? How does it get to the courts? Yeah, it's a party. So any any ISP or any entity that's regulated, again, we don't limit ourselves to ISPs here. If you're somehow involved in the Internet ecosystem in one way, you're now subject to jurisdiction. So I'm confident that wow. there will be some business entity or some aggrieved party that has Article Three standing that will go to court. Uh, and I think that will happen uh pretty soon here you have to wait a certain number of, a little bit of time before you go to court but but i'm 100 percent sure this will end up in court and pretty confident from there that at least part of this will get turned back now has net neutrality already happened because of the vote last month or is that still in the works still this the works. is different but it's similar yeah i know it's, it's very very similar even i have yeah. a hard time sometimes so what we did last month on net neutrality was we proposed to adopt rules and then we will move to a final order on that sometime in the spring this one was actually a final uh, decision because the FCC had proposed it um, a year or so ago, and so they're they're moving on separate tracks. But this Title II or net neutrality regulation uh, will come back as well, in part because President Biden has told the agency to do it. In one of our interviews, and it probably was almost a year ago now, you actually dropped an S bomb, and I found it to be I found it to be hilarious that an FCC commissioner was dropping something I can't say on my show on my show that I had to censor. And the reason I bring that up is because. I don't understand why. Now, listen, I curse in my real life. I'm profane. People watching, listening might, might hate that, but it's fun for me. It, sometimes you just use it. It's not like an angry thing for me. But you can't do that on the public airwaves. Who made that decision? Because it, it goes against the Constitution. We know that. Free speech is free speech is free speech. But why, why is there an FCC and why are there rules for the public airwaves? I guess after 10 at night, I could say something different than I can at you know 7 o'clock in the morning. But why is that? Yeah, it is sort of an odd regime. If you step back, it's sort of just historic in its foundation, which is the older a technology, a means of communication is, the heavier the FCC regulates it. Because, again, we sort of are emerging out of our New Deal origin. And so as right. new and new technologies came online, we applied less regulation. Radio, one of the oldest technologies, broadcast TV, 
one of the oldest technologies. So we said there, if you have a license, broadcast TV or radio, you are subject to these indecency and obscenity rules. Some we've imposed at the FCC, some Congress imposed through statutes that are still on the books. And so as newer technologies came on, the Internet, we didn't carry those same rules forward, this new technology, which, again, tie back to digital equity is so interesting. It's the first time, really, that we were imposing such a 1930s era mindset on a new technology. Because, again, the whole approach here with the Bernie Sanders wing, the Elizabeth Warren wing of the Democratic Party is they're using the administrative state to fundamentally change the relationship between the government and the private sector. And the bottom line, and by the way, I don't want to curse. I think that if I cursed on my microphone, I've been doing this for so long and my stomach would hurt. I probably wouldn't be able to even if I tried to. But having said that, I just don't understand why if somebody calls in my show, drops an F-bomb or something, we have to dump it. We've got a dump system in place, which is antiquated too, where um, the FCC would stay within the FCC rules or else the license is in jeopardy at the radio station. But the same show goes out digitally on video and digitally on, on audio, and you don't have to dump it. So it just seems very odd to me that in, in this day, and age we still have that do you think at the end of the day brendan this whole move is just so that they can go back and start censoring again they can go back and say you can't do that you can't do this maybe even with missouri v biden where it looks like biden's going to lose and there can't be any sort of collusion between the government and, and these entities online maybe with this new rule they still can control it somehow is that what's going on here is it just about control it's about control. This new rule of digital equity, I don't read this one in particular as going after censorship per se, but it doesn't have to. Because, again, as we've seen from the Twitter files, as what Chairman Jordan is exposing as recently as last week, the collusion between the Biden administration and social media censor, they're already addressing the uh, the speech component, the content component of it elsewhere. This is just picking up another piece of it, which is more direct restriction and veto power over the actual physical infrastructure, where it's built, how it's built speeds, quality, who gets service. So it's, it fits into that broader agenda that is taking place. And they just hate the fact that the Internet is still the Wild West. That's what it is. They really have very little control. And at the end of the day, when we talk about net neutrality, you also told me it's about getting more fees through regulation, fines, fees. If you treat it like a utility, then you can regulate it and make more money off of it. Yeah, look, the Internet was the greatest free market innovation in history, and it's a place where Americans can speak truth to power or to anybody that is listening. And there's a lot of powerful gatekeepers, the government itself, that doesn't like that. They want to get in the middle of it. They want to have a control over the narrative. And that's why you see the, you know, the disinformation board that was floated. That's why you see the jawboning that the administration is doing with social media. That's why you see Title II. All of this is taking this uh, sort of Wild West free market uh, Internet and trying to get the government more and more involved. And that's never a good thing. And by the way, the disinformation board was disbanded nationally, but now you've got Kathy Hochul who announced it yesterday, the day before for New York State. They're still going to do it. They're still going to try to regulate the best they can. Listen, I like that you're on this board. I love it, in fact, and I like that there's another Republican representative. But should five people have this much control over my life? It's, it's kind of absurd, isn't it? Yeah, we should not. And in fact, we do not. And that's why what we did here exceeded the limits on our authority. And that's why it's so important that we have a Supreme Court right now that has this thing, again, called the Major Questions Doctrine. The entire purpose of that is about the Constitution's separation of power. The reason why we have the Major Questions Doctrine that Justice Kavanaugh and others are really emphasizing is they want Congress, the elected representatives of the people, making these decisions, not us. And it's not just a constitutional thing. It's a good policy thing. Let me tell you, when Congress can pass a vague law 
and then rely on their buddies in agencies to skew it and interpret it through rules. That creates an incentive structure in Congress where they don't need to cut deals. Because some people right. say, well, agencies have to act because look how dysfunctional Congress is. Well, no. One reason, one contributing factor to why Congress is so dysfunctional is they can do nothing and rely on an agency to do the exact policy outcomes at once. So if we get rid of all of this sort of broad discretion that agencies have, I think it will produce members of Congress needing to come together closer to the 50-yard line and cut deals. And again, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Brendan Carr. Brendan is with an A and Carr, a C-A-R-R. Go follow him everywhere on social media. One last question. Those watching and listening want to do something about this. What, what can they do? Anything? Yeah, look, continue to speak up. We've got active dockets at the FCC on Title II. There will be an appeal here. It makes a difference. Again, whether the, the uh, feedback that the agency heard was part of what resulted in that six-month extension, not entirely clear. But it does make a difference around the edges for people to speak up and express their opinion on this. Good. Uh, I hope that people will take that advice. It's Brendan Carr. Go follow him everywhere. Brendan, thanks for explaining that because it was confusing to me. Everybody wanted me to yell and scream about how Biden took the Internet, and I wasn't <laughs> clear. Now I am, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Uh, all right, man. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Great to have you. I appreciate you stopping by. Really appreciate having Brendan Carr on. The guy's a straight shooter. He's one of the two Republicans on the board. There are five members of the Federal Communications Commission. He is uh, one of the five. And again, it's three to two Democrat right now. So they're going to do everything they can to overregulate the Internet. They're going to do everything they possibly can. Uh, next hour, we're going to have, um, there's a possible reboot of the Dukes of Hazard, uh, of Hazard coming up. If there's a reboot of the Dukes of Hazard, will they have the car? Will it be called the General Lee? Will it have the flag on the roof? I think all that's very, very interesting. We'll have that for you. Uh, plus we've got Abe Hamaday. Uh, Abe is the guy who should have been, I believe, the Attorney General of Arizona. He had so many weird things going on in that election in 2022, where Carrie Lake, I believe, should have been the governor. Abe, I believe, should have been the, um, the Attorney General, he's now running for U.S. House of Representatives. If you're listening in Arizona, he would represent District 8 in the great state of Arizona. Obviously, the border is a big deal for him. Obviously, what's going on in uh, in Israel is a big deal to him. He is Syrian in background, and he's got a lot to say about that. So make sure you stick around for that. Again, are they going to reboot the Dukes of Hazard? Oh, and by the way, is George Santos on the way out? George Santos, Carrie, who's like a friend of mine now. We don't yes. know each other, know each other, but we've been in spaces together. Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. He's got one potty mouth. The guy will go in there and just drop oh, the F-bomb really? the entire time. Yeah, same but he says he's going to come on the show, and he hasn't come on yet. Mm-hmm. I have to make that happen. That story's I'm coming up, too. They're going to expel George Santos from the House of Representatives. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. JoePags.com. Lots more to come on the program. Do not touch that dial. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show.